morning, church. Good to see all of you. Uh, take a lot of encouragement in that. Wherever you go, I am there with you. How about you? Because sometimes it's not about a physical place that you go, right? Sometimes it's, you know, treading in personal things. And I'm very glad we don't have to do that alone. Anyway, I am glad that you are all here today. Uh, if you notice um, when you walked in, there's a little tree sitting over there. And I want to I highlight this tree for just a second. Uh, it's very pretty. Uh, it also sheds a little bit. We noticed that this morning. Uh, it's new to us. But next week, it's going to look a little different. <clears throat> next week, you are going to find a bunch of slips of papers with children's names on it. <clears throat> so we have decided for the Christmas season to partner with Prison Fellowship and um, to buy gifts for um, uh, kids in the community whose parents are incarcerated. And uh, we're pretty excited about this. This is the first time we've actually um, done anything with this organization. But <clears throat> the thought occurs to me that um, it's very easy to think about that part of our population as them over there behind bars, razor wire, and that sort of thing. And to forget the fact that in many cases they're parents too. And just because they made some really bad life decisions doesn't mean that they love their kids any less. And so we have the opportunity um, to go and buy gifts on their behalf. So here's how it works. Uh, you're going to get the name of a child. I think it's a $20 limit. Is that, is that right, Hunter? It's, 20. it's about a $20 limit. And uh, we get a ton of information about those kids, things that they like, they don't like, and whatnot. And you can take one of those and go and, and purchase something for them. And then we're going to collect that here for the next few weeks. Uh, and then uh, collate them and get them delivered off to those kids. But essentially we're, we're helping, essentially helping people who can't necessarily do it on their own, but would really like to. Um, so keep that in mind. And if you've got a place in your, in your heart and you've got a little bit of extra money in your budget, if you wouldn't mind picking up um, a name or two, um, however you want to do it, and participate in that, that would be really great. Now, um, when you start seeing those next week, uh, you can come and ask any one of the staff members, and we'd be delighted to um, tell you what we know if you have any questions and try to get them answered for you. Uh, what's our deadline, Hunter? I don't remember. Did we decide? Is it the 18th? 18th. 18th of December, we want to have everything in so that we can start scheduling um, uh, when we take these out, which, by the way, if you are interested in actually, you know, taking the gifts to somebody's home, uh, please let us know. We'd be delighted to hook you up with that as well. So lots of opportunity there. Um, for the least of these, right? And uh, I can't imagine what that would be like. So uh, let's try to try to help that out. All right. Good deal. Um, we're in our series, I am, the, I am the Vine, I'm finishing this up. Uh, if you wouldn't mind turning with me to John chapter 15, I want to read this again, and I'm going to make some comments about it, because believe it or not, next Sunday is the first Sunday in Advent. Got your Christmas shopping done? <laughs> nope, okay, here we go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes 
so that it may be even more fruitful. You are, are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the word of the Lord, and we believe it. We've read this a number of times over the last um, couple of weeks, and we're, we're operating on a very simple premise throughout this whole thing, and where I, where I think the crux of, of the issue uh, rests, and it's simply here, is that the difference between being a believer and being a disciple is the presence of God. It's being in his presence. To be a believer is fine, but it's not necessarily what Jesus asks of us. He wants us to be disciples. And the difference here is being in in God's presence. I've come to believe that much of, of what we experience as humans is to help us connect to God. And here's and here's the important thing. And stay connected. It's not just about connecting once. It's not a one and done thing, but it's this continual idea of being connected to being in the presence in the presence of God. And along, this, you know, along the way, this last um, few weeks, we've learned a couple of things. The first thing is you know, pretty clear is that the gardener plants a garden for an actual purpose. Um, even, even today, we plant things for aesthetic, but, but more importantly, um, the gardener plants in order to, to gain a harvest, to produce fruit, and it has always been that way. It has been part of the plan since the very beginning. You're made to do great things. Now, I want you to hear that, because I can just say that, and then most of you are like, yeah, 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 okay. No, 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 stop. You were made to do great things. Your great things are different than my great things. And your um, great things are different than the person sitting next to you. But the point is, you, each of you, individually and collectively, were created to do not just things, great things, to produce much fruit. Not just a little bit, but a lot. To be abundant in your, in your production. Keep that in mind. I think that's an important thing that it's very often, very often it's easy to forget, I think, just in, in day-to-day living. The second thing is we, we produce um, uh, and produce more fruit. And, and to do that involves pruning, which just sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> this idea of pruning. And I think, and I, I mentioned this in, um, when we kind of unpacked that a little bit, and I, I, I still find myself doing this, maybe you do too, is that I assume that the things that need to be pruned in my life are the fun things. You know, I mean, this is the stuff that's not necessarily the best, you know, for me, but they're a whole lot of fun. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, I think what, what really is happening for a lot of people that we don't realize is that 
That's just the surface stuff, the stuff that Jesus wants to prune, that God wants to take care of so that we produce much fruit are, are much more painful things. He wants to heal past hurts and, and deal with shame and, and your fear and, and all of that. And what if that's what he wants to prune away? Because I think he does. Pruning away those things that keep us from producing fruit. And I, I know pain and fear and shame and all those things can keep us from doing that. And then we learned what that fruit, um, uh, what it was that God actually looks for. Thank you, Paul, <laughs> uh, for describing it. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, right? And self-control. We don't often get that far, do we? <laughs> to the self-control part, yeah. But, but that's the whole point to this, and it's really helpful to know that ultimately fruit is good. Now, some of you are laughing at that because you know of my strange relationship with fruit. Um, I don't typically, yeah, see, people are laughing because they know. I don't typically eat a whole lot of fruit. But the point is that fruit is a very good thing. And yes, there are some fruits that I actually like, okay? But the point is, is that when you are living in a world and God is creating things, he created fruit for a particular reason. It's very good. It's a good thing. And so when we're using this metaphor, we have to see it in that light, not as just something that gets produced, but something that's good and it's pleasing and it's exciting and, and we like it. So we understand that things like the fruit of the Spirit are good for us and good for those who are people around us as well. And then last week we talked about how this idea of withering and that if we don't want to wither, we, we must stay connected and so the things that disconnect us are like sin and pride and pain and ignorance and shame. And, and I, I can't help it, but every time I think about this, this is a really powerful metaphor. This idea of vine and branches and how we're connected and, and, and just seeing the various nuances that are in this. It's just packed with all kinds of meaning. But what's interesting to me is that in John chapter 15, is that we get this section, verses 1 through um, 8, about this metaphor, but then John, the author, doesn't stop there. He gives us a little bit more of what Jesus said, and I want to read this. So um, if you wouldn't mind cracking your Bible again to John chapter 15, let me pick up at verse 9. I want you to hear this. I think this is really uh, a helpful thing because I think what happens is that Jesus... Um, um, begins to help us understand what's going on with his metaphor. Here it is, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, 
fruit that will last. And the Father will give you whatever you would or whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Now, I think this deserves a little bit of mm, exploration. Is the Father has loved me, so have I loved you? Now remain in my love. So in other words, there's this relationship that, God, that Jesus has with God. And he's essentially saying, do this too. Stay in that type of relationship. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now here's the interesting thing, I think. He says, if you keep my commands. Well, what are those commands? Well, you kind of got to read the rest of the gospel to figure that out, right? <laughs> which, is, which is a helpful thing. But, but hang on a second, because Jesus is going to get really clear here in a moment. <clears throat> and there's a simplicity to all of this that I think um, that brings Jesus a certain amount of joy. Just this idea of remaining. There's a, there's a word, I think it's in the King James Version, it's abiding. Have you heard this? If we abide in him, if we remain in him, if we stay connected to him, I'm trying to think of other ways of saying that. Maybe you have a, a, a good way that makes sense for you, but it's this idea of being continually in the presence of God. And of course, this idea of command becomes very clear because here it is. My command is this. Here it is. It, it, it doesn't get more simple. Love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. In case you missed everything else that I taught you, here it is. Here's my command. Does it, does it get more simple than this? I mean, it's like kind of in your face, sort of just love each other. It's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. And then he illustrates this. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Hmm. I mentioned this in the past, and I think it's worth repeating again because this is an important passage. When we talk about this idea of laying down our life, um, we tend to read this in the context of Jesus going to the cross, and, and that's true as far as it goes. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of different ways that you can lay down your life. And it's not necessarily about you necessarily dying for someone else, although it's probably included in that. But sometimes we have to lay, lay down our lives at other times, like laying down my calendar or my checkbook <laughs> and doing that sacrificially. Um, I realized something not too long ago. I'm not very good at eight-year-old games. I know, right? I'm really good with like 10 to 12-year-old games. Those are fun, but 8-year-old games, not so much. But the point is, is that oftentimes it's easier for me to pick up my phone than it is to engage with my kids. And I'm just going to confess that one. And that's laying down my life. How many of you would say that your phone actually has your entire life on it, right? All my contacts and all my calendars. Laying down your life for one's friends might mean that you turn the phone off for a little while. So here's the Thanksgiving Day challenge. Turn off the dumb phone, okay? Smartphone, my... Mm. 
It's not, though. The point is, is, is that what would, what would it be like if we actually laid down that part of our life? I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's something else, but you know, when Jesus talks about this, that the extreme is to lay down your physical life, your breathing, your heart beating, and that, but everything else is included in that. Don't, don't miss that. So how can you lay down your life? <laughs> it doesn't even have to be your friend. It can be your kids or your spouse. Hopefully you're friends with your spouse. I hope so. That would be great. <clears throat> so greater love. This is an illustration. Jesus is making this incredibly clear to us. And then he says, you did, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And remember, we talked about this a little bit last week, is that Jesus is not a genie in a bottle, that if you just say the right words or if you rub it the right way, and all of a sudden he'll just, you know, he's not a magic wand, but rather what happens is, is when you're connected and you're producing the type of fruit that, that God wants out of his garden, we tend to want the things that he wants. And so the easiest way to see God's will happen is find out what it is and pray it back to him, right? And that's exactly what's happening here is that he's gonna give what you ask because the things that you're asking for are the things that he wants. And this is what we talk about, about that internal change, the things that we want on the inside. Now, um, some of you will, will get this. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just reflective about things because uh, this last week was my, would have been my father's 79th birthday. And I get reflective about these things, but one of the things that I recognized is where I am today, I want very different things than where I was 10 years ago. How about you? Have you noticed how certain parts of your life things have, have changed where you want different things? Well, part of that is age and experience, and some of that is just God chipping away at your heart helping you understand that there are bigger things going on in the world, some kingdom-oriented things, and that's the type of fruit that he's after. So don't be surprised if the things that you, that you want now are very different. And by the way, in 10 years from now, you're probably going to want something else. Things change. Hmm. Lasting fruit is what he's after, and so it's just keep seeking the presence of God. Keep being connected to the vine so that you can begin to see what that fruit is, and then you'll see these amazing things, I think, will happen. And, and what, what's so beautiful here, and I think, I think Jesus just understands human nature, is the very, very next verse is, in case you missed it the first time, this is my command, love each other, right? <laughs> This ain't rocket surgery. Right? This is really simple. And he says this again. This is my command. If you, if you don't understand. So, you know, if people are like, you know, what's the core teaching of Jesus? Well, it's pretty easy. It's a command. Love each other. Now, of course, we always go back to love God, love people, right? But Jesus is really clear. If you want to see fruit, it involves loving other people. So I talked to a guy not too long ago. Um, where uh, he was asking me about, about uh, Thrive Church and some things. And uh, he uh, um, asked a number of doctrinal questions and whatnot. I finally just kind of asked him, I'm like, you know, so where do you, where do you attend church? Well, I don't go to church. Like, you don't go to church? He goes, no. He says, I'm, I'm very spiritual. And my thought 
the thought occurred to me at that point is like, okay, I get that. I understand that you can be a spiritual person and I don't think that you need to necessarily attend a church in order to go to heaven. I don't believe that. I think it has to do with the relationship. But it's really, really difficult to be a disciple of Jesus and not be in community with other people. Because otherwise, you can't do that. Does it make sense? And I think it's really important that we understand that this idea of community and loving each other starts right here. In your families, in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, I get that too, but it starts right here. You all choose to come here on Sunday morning. You choose to hang out with these people, right? Love each other. Love each other. That's what Jesus commands us to do here. Now, if you're wondering what it is that the gardener is tending, if you're wondering what flows through the vine and into the various branches, if you're wondering what produces that fruit, if you're wondering that energy behind it, if you're wondering what that is, here's the answer. It's love. Now, I know human beings and I know church people. And so when we say love, we have an idea in our mind of what love is. Okay, we need to talk about love a little bit. Because Jesus made the command, we need to love each other. We need to figure out what that is and how we're going to do it. Okay? So you need to understand what love actually is. Because I think it's really easy to kind of reduce it to this sort of sappy, happy-go-lucky type of thing where everyone's just positive with one another. Sound familiar? It means being nice, right? The problem with that definition is that in Greek, the language of the New Testament, the word here is agape. It's a very different word. See, in Greek, you don't have one word for love. You got at least three in the Bible, maybe a couple of others that kind of tread in the same neighborhood, but you got three big ones. Big one is phileo, which means brotherly love. That means we like each other, right? And then you have eros. Oh, yeah. That's romantic love. But the third agape is something else entirely. It's It's divine love. It's sacrificial love. It is tough love. It is strong. It is fierce. I saw a t-shirt once that says, for the ones I love, I will do great and terrible things. And we all kind of nod And I understand what that means. And I understand that, you know, there's a big American flag on it and all that kind of stuff too. I I, I get that. But the type of agape love that did a great and terrible thing sent Jesus to a cross. How tough are you? I talk about laying down your life for one's friends. That kind of love. I'm willing to give all that stuff up. That's what agape means. Sacrificial, self-sacrificial. 
You must understand something. You must understand this. Before you walk out the door today, you've got to understand this. That love, this agape love, is for you. Not you collectively, you individually. If I had enough time, I'd go and I'd just do name by name for you. For you, individually. That love is for you. It's difficult to truly love others when you don't accept God's love for yourself. It's really hard. And it has this tendency, I've noticed, when you don't have kind of this agape sort of divine inner type of love, love for others can get really warped, can look really strange. It becomes codependent or enmeshed or it's very odd. But this kind of fierce, powerful sort of agape love is something else entirely. It just comes up within you and helps you to see things differently. And by the way, it's really, really difficult to love others in a healthy way if you don't love and accept yourself. Can I just say that? And those two things, for some reason, seem to be kind of parallel with one another. It's really hard to love ourselves if we don't accept the fact that God loves us, that God loves you personally, by name, right here, right now. Doesn't mean that you're perfect, doesn't mean you got everything worked out, but God will meet you right where you're at and says, I love you. That's what it means to stay connected. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need to understand that there is this ferocious love that is coursing through the vine into the branch and hopefully the fruit that I'm producing is just a byproduct of that. Sometimes we talk about it this way, that God would so fill us up with love that it would spill out onto other people. That's kind of what we're talking about here. Keep that in mind. So, um, anyway, next, uh, next week is the beginning of the holiday season. <clears throat> Makes me happy because there's going to be excellent food on the table and leftovers. You like those too, don't you? Yeah. It's also a busy time of year. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, everyone's trying to get things wrapped up and, and uh, it's often very stressful because we've got to get all the food together and we've got to get all the presents together and we've got to go look for the tree. And oh yeah, by the way, Elizabeth's coming home. Yes! And we're really excited about that. <laughs> and so you have to, you have to, to get, get ready for all of this. There's something I think you need to hear. As you're prepping for this holiday season, which I just duly, duly love, Jesus is the expression of God's love. If, if God didn't love us, there was no, no reason to send Jesus at all, right? And the, the upshot is, is that in the Advent season, we're prepping for his coming. So we know that he loves us because he's coming. And then secondly, you need to hear this too. Jesus taught, no, actually commanded us to love each other. And this is a great time of year to express that. You got lots of opportunities, whether you do angel tree or whether you do something else. And so the challenge um, that I have for you is that you might look for ways to do that with each other. Now, here's the thing. 
like I said earlier, you choose to come here. So I want you to look to your left and to your right right now. Look at the people around you. I'm going to challenge you to find a way to love them. Try to, try to find a way to love the people who are around you. In the agape sort of way. Try to do that. Because it's for these people right here that you choose to spend Sunday mornings with. And most importantly, God loves you. You. And it's not that he just loves you. He likes you. Because there's a difference. It's not that he just loves you. Well, we just love them because, you know, we tolerate them. No, not that. He likes you. And he likes what you can become. And he loves the fact that you are going to produce fruit. And that if you stay connected, that fruit is going to be more and more. It is to his glory that we produce fruit. So as I kind of end the series and I, you know, end this up, with the holiday season, I recognize um, you might need a little extra dose of love, <laughs> right? Uh, you might need it. But by the way, please be mindful of that when you're um, interacting with retail workers and people who work at restaurants. Um, sometimes whew, the holiday spirit looks a little weird. <laughs> and so I just encourage you to kind of turn that way around. Um, if you are my cashier, you will talk to me. <laughs> and I don't care if you've had a lousy day uh, because I want to try to do my best to at least put a smile on your face before I leave. And I just encourage everybody to do that. It's so simple. You look at them as human beings, not as robots, but actual people who would you know, like to be doing their own holiday, celebrating and prepping. Keep that in mind. So you might need a little extra dose of love. Or you may have gotten swept up in the, in the stuff of last year. And maybe you want this year to be different. Maybe you want to be able to slow down a little bit and enjoy the season. You know, I, don't, I don't know where you are. Um, if that's you, for a reason. I'm going to be back there like I am every Sunday. I'd love to pray with you about it. And just ask God to be present with you. Because I think that's what makes the difference. Is that when there's some, when Jesus is present and he's poking at your heart on, on different things, and I've, I've noticed this, and just how I treat people when I'm, when I'm sensing his presence, when I'm actually seeking after that and, and choosing to, to say, God, what do you have for today? Or, and not getting upset with people and go, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to know? And see where he guides and leads. If that's where you need, you need this extra dose of, of love, then, then let's pray about it. Let's ask, let's ask the vine to flow more of his love into you as the branch. 